everyone, it's Gloria, and welcome to episode four of Independent. Today, we're going to be talking about budgets. In episode two, my friend Nick mentioned that he tracks his spending but doesn't like to limit himself, and that's what he feels like budgeting is, restricting how you spend your money. To be honest, neither my guest today nor do I budget, but that's exactly why we want to talk about it to figure out what works for us and find some strategies to help us spend smarter and pay ourselves first. We'll be talking about what a budget is, how to create one and some tools to help you with that, how we track our expenses and what we learn from them, as well as how to make budgeting not feel so restrictive. Hope you enjoy. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, my friend and also colleague, Martin. A couple weeks ago, we were having a conversation about budgeting and how to budget. He kind of wanted to start budgeting. I was also like, should I even budget? And we decided to talk about it on the podcast today. So Martin, why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about yourself? My name is Martin. I am 27 years old. I work as an auditor in a professional service firm. I currently live in Toronto. It's been my fourth year in Toronto. I'm originally from Taiwan. A fun fact about myself is that I am an avid rock climber and I like to go rock climbing with all my friends. (laughs) Yes, catch Martin on those V10s out here. (laughs) For sure. So what is your relationship with money? I would say I've always been pretty careful with money. I would always kind of check my bank account every week to see Um, the cash inflows and the cash outflows and realize where I'm spending most of my money in. But to be honest, it hasn't always been a very organized, very rigid process. Mainly when I have time, I would check my bank statements. How about you? It's been okay. I think I'm, I'm the same. I don't check my bank account that frequently. I think I only really log in when I need to pay someone or pay a bill. So I don't know if that's a good thing. But I have a generally good relationship with it, although I tend to be on the more frugal side. And that's what I think in my mind. But a little teaser here. I did my expenses and yikes. <laughs> I, was, I was surprised. I was pretty surprised at how much I was spending, especially last summer. I feel like there's always some surprises that you'll see once you actually take a closer look. Yeah, exactly. And we'll definitely be delving a little bit deeper into that later on in this episode. What's an area that you think you spend the most in? I would say groceries. I feel like I tend to buy whatever I want when I'm at the grocery stores. Yeah, I think groceries and food for me me as well, definitely. Mm-hmm. The topic of the day is budgeting. So why don't we start off with answering the question? What exactly is a budget? I would say a budget is before you incur the expenses, you would plan out what you're going to spend on and categorize it in a way that it's easy for you to understand. Mm -hmm. In order to start creating a budget, the first thing you need to do is track your expenses so that you have a good understanding of how you're spending at the moment. I would suggest to do that for probably three months so you get an average and you don't have any like outlying expenses. And then after you have that done, you figure out your take-home pay. So that would be all of your income that you make in, let's say, a month. 
and that could be your employment income, any side hustle income, basically any money that's coming into your pocket. And then the next place is to figure out your fixed expenses. So that would be things like rent or mortgage payments, insurance, car payments, things that you know will come out of the bank every single month. And after that, you have your variable expenses. So those things are your other spending. So that could be groceries because that changes from month to month, um, restaurants, other things like that. And once you have all those expenses figured out, you would do a little tweaking to see if there's any areas where you want to spend less or spend more. And this would technically be your budget. Before this episode, I challenged Martin and also challenged myself to track a month of expenses currently. And also for me, I wanted to see year over year. So I did August of this year and August of last year so I could compare pre and post COVID. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I, I just thought it would be really interesting to see how my spending has changed. Yeah, I would assume due to COVID that it would decrease compared to last year. Yeah, I did find that. So do you regularly budget? No, I do not. Honestly, last month for the month of July 2020 would be the first time I really from the start of the month to the end of the month tracked everything and then grouped them into the categories that I saw fit. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty eye-opening, to be honest. And what were you using to track your expenses for the last month? For July, I used an app called Mint. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I have heard of it. We actually talked about it in episode two with my friend Nick. It sounds like a pretty handy tool that tracks your entire net worth and all of your expenses and links to all of your accounts, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so far the experience has been pretty good. At first, I kind of had to learn the software and how to categorize everything. But after a couple of days, it became pretty easy. So do you think that from that, you're going to start budgeting from here on out? I, I would say for the next month or two, I would still keep budgeting and hopefully I can see some improvements in spending habits where I want to improve on and kind of, I want to see some results. And hopefully if I'm pretty happy with my progress, maybe I wouldn't need a budget anymore and kind of just be more mindful in my spendings. Yeah. I think that that's definitely a good point. So Martin, why do you think it's hard to stick to a budget? I feel like it's just pretty time consuming and boring. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely it could be tedious, especially if you have to download a CSV file of all of your credit card bills and everything each month. So I think your using Mint really helps make it quicker. I was doing some research into budgeting and some articles came up that said you should treat it as a spending plan. And what a spending plan looks like is such that you plan for all of your fixed expenses and necessary expenses. So things like rent and things like groceries and also saving for your retirement or saving towards some sort of financial goal that you have. And then after that, the rest of the money, you are free to spend in whatever way you want. That takes away the budgeting $50 for movies, $100 for eating out, and it makes it feel less restrictive and you're not really budgeting dollar for dollar. And I think that would be a really good way to begin budgeting because then it's not as daunting to make sure you have every dollar accounted for because in this way you don't have to do that and it creates a lot more flexibility for you. Let me 
just kind of your perspective on how you view the entire process. Hmm. Exactly. I think it's a lot. It's a lot of psychology, actually. That's true, especially with money. People associate budgeting the same way in their mind as they associate dieting. Like it kind of has a negative connotation. Yeah, I can see that. So one strategy that I saw to help people budget was the 50-30-20 rule. Have you heard of it? I think I've heard of that. That's um, from Elizabeth Warren. Is it from Elizabeth Warren? We should definitely fact track that before we go on the <laughs> podcast. But I, I remember her saying that in one of our seminars, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So fact checked. She did popularize the rule, but she did not create it. It's a pretty popular budgeting technique where you spend 50% of your take-home pay on essentials, 30% on spending money, so things that you want, and 20% on savings and debt payoff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a pretty simple and reasonable way to spend your monthly income. And it's a very easy way to kind of memorize or a very quick uh, rule of thumb. Yeah, I think it's a good rule of thumb because a lot of different people would have different situations, which would call for different percentages. For example, people who are trying to achieve financial independence would likely have a much higher savings rate. When I was doing some research for this episode, I came across the Canadian Financial Capability Survey that was done in 2019. Martin, do you have a guess about how many Canadians have a budget? I have no idea. 20%? No, it's actually 49%. What? Yeah, up from 46% in 2014. I guess that's that's a positive thing. Go Canada. Yeah, super positive. The most common method of budgeting was a digital tool. So spreadsheets or an app, probably like Mint. Mm. That was followed by writing a budget out by hand or using jars or envelopes, like a cash method. Yeah, that sounds pretty old school. Put your things in a jar. I haven't touched cash in probably six months. Probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah, especially now. The survey also found that Canadians who budget are less likely to fall behind on their financial commitments, and they also have a very effective management of their monthly cash flow. So they're less likely to spend more than their monthly income. Mm. Should definitely budget. Yeah. I also came across a tool that was made by the government of Canada. It was a budget planner tool, and it's actually super interesting and interactive. It's an online form where you can input all the aspects of your budget, and then it spits out an Excel spreadsheet where you can further tweak it from there. And also, there's a bunch of different pie charts, which is super cool. I love seeing pie charts. It also has a breakdown of where you're spending your money and also the percentages compared to the rest of Canadians. So it's actually pretty interesting. Did you do that? Yeah, I did do it but I did it before I tracked my expenses. My estimates for what I spend are quite different from what they actually are. That's why it's important to track your spending before you create a budget because then you can have a good understanding and it'll be accurate with regards to where your money goes every month. Is there anything surprising that you discovered after tracking your expenses for a month? One surprising thing is I spent around 24%, which is around $900 on food and dining. Wow. 
That's that seems like a lot. That is I, that does feel like a lot. Um, it let me kind of um, see the breakdown of that. Nine hundred and three hundred and sixty have been going into Uber Eats. <laughs> I guess that's a popular COVID option now, right? That is true, but that is pretty surprising to me, and that should be my August plan to hopefully decrease that by a bit. Yeah, and maybe cook more. That is true, and my groceries are around four hundred and six dollars. So they're kind of my Uber Eats and my groceries are around about the same. The <laughs> surprising thing that I found from my expenses last year were my transportation costs. I was spending a lot, a lot of money on Ubers. It was really crazy. Last August, I spent one hundred and sixty-five dollars. Wow! On Uber. Were they essential or were they kind of just, you could have walked or you could have done something? A lot of it, you know what it was? Ubering back to my car at the GO station after dinner. I see. So dinner, restaurants, lots of money. There's some hidden costs there. Exactly. Those things were hand in hand. Yeah. Maybe go to restaurants less. Guess we don't really have an option during COVID. Yeah, during COVID, my expenses have decreased a whole lot. I think groceries have stayed similar. Restaurants have gone down dramatically. Transportation has gone to zero. My transportation expenses last August was actually 45% of my entire credit card bill. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't believe that. I know, and that doesn't include my car payments or my car insurance. So if you include that, that's 50-60 maybe? I feel like yeah. Isn't that a lot? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I feel like that's that needs uh, a closer eye. Yeah, definitely. And it also makes me think again about living in the suburbs versus living in the city because I am spending a lot of money getting home. Whereas if I lived in the city, I probably could just bike around. Do you think there's a situation where you wouldn't need a budget? I feel like if you're pretty frugal in terms of all your spending and you know where your outlays are, maybe you wouldn't need to. But I feel like most of the population kind of has, a, has some struggle with that. Yeah, for sure. I think especially young people these days, because a lot of our social activities do tend to revolve around spending money, whether it's going to restaurants, bars, or doing some sort of other activity, everything costs money. So yeah, I definitely think there are a lot of social pressures and going out. Sometimes when my friend wants to go out, you feel like you have to go out and spend that money or it'll be kind of awkward if you don't order anything and sit on the side. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe clarification or uh, maybe if you tell your friends what you're trying to do, they would understand. Yeah. And I think also just normalizing conversations about money and talking about it more so that more people are more budget conscious and kind of understand, then it will make it easier as well to have those conversations. It's easier when you and your friends have the same mindset. So I think it's all about spreading the good word of financial literacy. Recently, we've been doing a lot of hangouts in parks and just doing free things like playing Frisbee. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I think that that should continue. 
or even having picnics. Everyone can bring a little something and then that would be more cost effective and also probably more delicious. Mm -hmm. And probably more healthy. Exactly. So everyone wins. Win, win, win. And as a bonus, you can bike there. Which is healthier as well. Exactly. And it'll reduce my car costs. (laughs) I think we figured it out. How to fire. (laughs) Yes, how to fire. So basically, you need to convince all of your friends to bike around, picnic, and hang out at the park for free. Yeah. Just change your social habits, your friends' social habits. Or just be friends with us. (laughs) Yeah, and we're actually taking applications right now. So you can apply to be our friend in the show notes. Especially climbing friends. (laughs) Absolutely. So Martin, what's a money mistake that you've made and what have you learned? One big mistake would be my Uber Eats habits. And what I've learned is to just say no when you're hungry in the middle of the night. (laughs) Fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) do you ever get so hungry that you can't fall asleep i i don't think that's possible no means no so uh, it takes a lot of willpower i think it does it does as you can see i've been lacking it for my month of july but (laughs) august seems optimistic yes yes i think it's just important to be intentional about it Mm-hmm. Don't limit yourself, but also yeah. try not to spend $400. <laughs> and be optimistic, knowing that you have the willpower to change. Exactly. I think it's important to go into it with the knowledge and with the belief that you, you're able to do it. Yeah, preach. It's all about habit creation, right? And it's not easy to create these habits, but once you do, then... That famous book that talks about habits, the the power of habit. Yes. What are some good tips from there? Okay, so any habit can be broken down into a three part loop: the cue, the routine, and the reward. So why don't we come up with an example for budgeting? Okay. So what would be a good cue? You could set up a notification for every time you get paid if you work a salaried job. So every two weeks or every pay period. That makes sense. And maybe a routine would be to log on to your bank account and pay your bills first and pay yourself. So invest, save. Yes. What would be a reward? Seeing your money grow. Beauty. Excellent. Love it. Fire. Although I want to say that the routine can definitely be automated if you do automatic withdrawals for your car payments or insurance payments and also automating your savings on a monthly basis. That's a good advice. So homework for this episode. I would suggest that everyone calculate their expenses for the last three months and categorize them to understand where you're spending. And from that, create a spending plan so that you are intentional on where your money goes and feel like you have control over your money. To summarize, budgeting seems like a bad word, but it's a good idea and we should rephrase it so that we psychologically feel like it's a spending plan and so that it doesn't create additional stress so that we don't stick to them. Having a spending allowance every month is a good way to reduce that stress and 
make it easier on ourselves because we have these amounts to spend and it is okay to spend them. And in addition, it may be helpful to get an app such as Mint to track your spending because manually tracking can be very tedious and it'll allow you to keep an eye on your spending. That's a good idea. Most importantly, automate your bill payments and also automate paying yourself. Don't ever forget to pay yourself because at the end of the day, you're paying other people, making the economy go around, but who's paying you? You got to pay you. Well, Martin, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope that you learned something. Thank you for having me. Talk soon. Yeah, talk soon. Climb soon. Climb soon. Picnic soon. Picnic very soon. As the aspiring Miss Independent, this is Gloria signing out. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're using Apple Pods, please toss me five stars. It would help me so, so much. So see you next time. Until then, stay healthy and grow wealthy.